We're going to continue our study, so go to Job chapter 22, verse 2, just as a launching point for tonight as we continue our study. And I have a, a little page there of some summary, some of the things we have been talking about in the last few, uh, the last couple of weeks. Esta noche vamos a continuar nuestro estudio. Vamos a ir a Job 22. Dos, pero ahí con esta hoja va a recibir uh, una, un poco de lo que se ha relatado el, uh, en los dos, uh, las dos semanas pasadas. Uh, what's on this page right here is, uh, is seven financial principles for 2017. As I was praying a few weeks ago, the Lord uh, put these on my heart for us. And so I'm not going to teach them tonight because I have dealt with most of them in the last two weeks, but these deal specifically with finances. Aquí tenemos siete principios financieros para el año 2017. Y no los vamos a, a repasar hoy en la noche porque ya lo hemos casi todo visto el material uh, en los últimos dos semanas, pero esto se dedica mayormente a las finanzas. How many of you could use some financial help? Yeah, I think that's everybody. Creo que todos necesitamos, o diría necesito, una ayuda financiera, algún avance financiero. Y aquí hay siete principios, seven principles there. I'm just going to list them off for you. And then you take that home. And whether or not you apply them this year is up to you. But I hope you will. Si usted los aplica, esto está en usted. Pero aquí está. Number one, we talked about it already. Instead of hoarding, give and invest generously. Number two, we said instead of depending on one source of income, diversify your income and investments. Uh, we talked a little bit about that last week. Number three, instead of watching conditions, here are two points right here, two principles. The first one is hear the voice of God. And the second one is obey the voice of God. Uh, number five is instead of drifting along, pursue with purpose. Number six, instead of doubt, trust tenaciously. And number seven, take advantage of every opportunity. These come out of, uh, the, out of the six verses of Ecclesiastes chapter 11 that we have been studying in the last few uh, the last couple of weeks. So we're going to ask the question tonight we have been asking, and that's out of Job chapter tw 22 and verse 2. It states, will a man be profitable to God? And that is the question that we are dealing with in this uh, Bible study. Estamos estudiando la pregunta, ¿será el hombre de provecho para Dios? It says, yes, even a man may be profitable a wise man may be profitable unto himself. Dice que un hombre sabio puede ser de provecho para sí mismo. And so the question I want you to be asking yourself, uh, making your this uh, a personal question, is will I be profitable to God in 2017? La pregunta que estamos haciendo esta noche es, ¿seré yo provechoso para Dios en el año 2017? 17. Uh, all year long, we're going to breathe God's air. How many of you like God's air? Now, we're going to eat uh, God's provision. We're going to have the energy to go to work and make an income. Todo el año vamos a respirar el aire de Dios. Vamos a tener la habilidad de la energía para crear finanzas y proveer para nuestra familia. Y de esto queremos estar pensando. Si de todo esto podrá Dios esperar recibir algún provecho de nuestra vida. For all the air we're going to breathe this year, can God expect to get some profitability out of our life? That's the question. Esa es la pregunta. And we have said that really uh, the first answer to the question is no. A man cannot be profitable to God in the sense that God doesn't need anybody. Dios no necesita a nadie. Entonces, uh, la primera respuesta sería, no, Dios, el hombre no puede aprovechar a Dios porque Dios no necesita a nadie. But then, 
when you read the scriptures, you realize that there are a lot of ways that you and I can be profitable to God because we become the hands and feet of Jesus on the earth. Cuando nos hacemos los pies y las manos de Dios sobre la tierra, entonces somos un pueblo provechoso para Dios. So how many of you want to be profitable to God? Amen. So tonight, uh, we're going we're gonna to launch off from there, and we're going to uh, continue this study. We're going to talk about the gifts of God that are on your life and how they can be profitable to God. So would you pray with me? Father, we thank you tonight for the anointing of the Holy Spirit, which has been upon our worship. We understand that apart from the presence of God, uh, our gathering here would be in vain. We desire above all things tonight that you would speak to us out of the volume of your book and that you would make the word of God living and powerful in our hearts. I ask tonight for the anointing of the Spirit to teach the word of God and I pray for the anointing of the, uh, of the Spirit upon the ear of this congregation that they might be ready listeners uh, and ready students to hear the word of God. We ask that in Jesus' name and the church said amen. Amen. All right, now go with me. We just uh, read Job. Let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Vamos a ir a Primera de Corintios, capítulo 12, el verso 4, and the verse 4 of 1 Corinthians chapter 12. I want you to say this with me. I am gifted. All right, did you know that? Do you believe that? Usted tiene Muchos dones. ¿Cuántos sabían eso? Uh, si usted no lo sabía, hoy se lo estoy diciendo que usted ha sido, se le ha dado dones, talentos para que los use de provecho, provecho para Dios. You've been given gifts uh, so that you might be profitable to God. Let's read what the scripture says here. Verse 4, it says, Now therefore, now pardon, there are varieties of gifts, but the same spirit, and there are varieties of ministries and the same Lord. And there are varieties of effects, but the same God who works all things in all persons. I want to use as a subtopic tonight the unction to function. Can you say that with me? The unction to function. What is unction? Voy a usar el subtema esta noche, la unción para funcionar. And unction, basically, uh, in the original sense, it's, the, it's a parallel word to the word anointing. La palabra unción uh, es una palabra que se refiere a ungir una persona, normalmente con aceite, to anoint someone with oil is generally what we consider the anointing. And the scripture says that every believer has an unction, has an anointing. La escritura nos dice que cada creyente ha recibido una unción. Uh, you have been given an anointing and that unction is on your life so that you can function for God. Esa unción se te ha sido dada para que funciones para Dios. If the unction in your life does not function, then you cannot be profitable to God. Si usted no funciona en la unción que Dios te da, entonces no puede ser provechoso Para Dios. And that uh, unction of the Spirit is on your life. The anointing of the Spirit is on your life because simply because you are un, in Christ. Si usted está en Cristo, la unción de Dios está sobre tu vida. And if the anointing of God is on your life, then whatever it is God has called you to do in this life, you can do by the power of the Holy Spirit that is at work in your life. Si usted tiene la unción del Espíritu Santo sobre su vida, entonces todo lo que Dios le ha llamado a hacer en esta vida, usted va a poder hacer para la gloria de Dios. I'm going to teach this tonight because I don't want you to go through another year without functioning in the gift that God has placed on your life. Yo no quiero que usted pase otro año sin funcionar en el don que Dios le ha dado how many of you agree that a year without function would be a waste? Estamos de acuerdo que un año sin función sería un desperdicio de tiempo. Well, I don't want you to waste another year. How many of you know we've wasted enough years? 
Ya no quiero que usted pierda otro año. Ya hemos perdido bastante tiempo. I have no idea how much time the church has wasted. No sabemos cuánto tiempo la iglesia ha malgastado, ha perdido en cosas que no son provechosas. We wasted time on things that did not profit us. If you spent, let me ask you this, if you spent any time at all last year in gossip, guess what? You wasted your time. Si usted se pasó un solo minuto el año pasado en el chisme, perdió el tiempo. Let me add this. If you, if you spent a whole lot of time watching TV last year, you said it. We wasted our time. Si pasamos el tiempo viendo la televisión, se nos perdió el tiempo. Americans waste a lot of time watching entertainment for the sheer purpose of entertainment, just to get our mind off of whatever. And we don't realize that we are living on borrowed time. No, no entendemos que estamos viviendo en tiempo prestado. Our time has been lent to us by God. El tiempo se nos ha prestado por Dios. The time you have with your family, the time you have with your wife or your husband, the time you have to, to win souls for Christ, to be a witness for Christ is passing. El tiempo que tenemos para funcionar, el tiempo para nuestra familia y nuestro ministerio se está pasando rápidamente. Entonces tenemos que uh, obrar mientras sea de día. So the scripture says we must work while it is day because the night is coming when no one will be able to work. I told you a couple weeks ago, you must come before winter. You must come before the nightfall. Tiene que venir antes del invierno, antes que venga la noche cuando nadie podrá trabajar. I pray that when you and I arrive at heaven's gates as we sang about tonight and we have been saved by grace that we don't um, just receive a pat on the back but I pray that you receive the reward that is due those who labor for the cause of Christ you know some people they say pastor I don't care if I get a crown just give me a rusty halo I just want to get to heaven well you know Jesus died on the cross for more than just for you to just make it to heaven he died on the cross so that you could make a difference on the earth come on somebody he died on the cross so that what is in earth can be brought to what is on heaven can be brought to earth el, el señor murió en la cruz para mucho más que usted y yo solamente llegar al cielo Llegó o murió en la cruz para que usted y yo vivieran nuestra vida trayendo el cielo a la tierra. And we need to be about this task of saying on earth as it is in heaven. And we need to live in heaven today so that when we get to heaven it won't be strange to us. Because we're living daily conscious of the fact that we have been anointed by God to function for God. Now there are three words in the passages we read tonight we're going to look at. Vamos a ver tres palabras en estos pasajes que hemos leído. And we're going to unpack each one of these words as we talk about the unction to function. The Spirit of the Lord God, Jesus said, is upon me because he has anointed me to preach. That because is important. Jesús dijo, el Espíritu de Dios está sobre de mí porque me ha ungido. Ese por qué es importante. You and I need to be trying to find out, if you don't know already, you need to know, what is the because of my life? ¿Cuál es el por qué de mi vida? If, God has, if you ask God, why am I on the earth in the 21st century? Why am I alive in 2017? You need to know the answer. Because this. Jesus said, the Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because. And so these three words are going to help us discover the because of our life. Estas tres palabras nos van a ayudar a descubrir cuál es el porqué de nuestra vida. How many of you already know your because? Okay, just a handful of you. Let's try that again. How many of you already know your because? You know why you're breathing. All right. If you don't know your because, then... 
uh, tonight, you'll have an opportunity to, to discover that. The first word we're going to look at is in verse 4. It said, there are a variety of gifts, but the same spirit. So underline that word, gifts. Vamos a ver esta noche uh, del verso 4, la primer palabra, es la palabra, uh, dice que hay una diversidad de dones. Okay, that word gifts is important. First of all, it's plural. You notice that? La palabra es una palabra plural, dones. That means that the gifts of God are plural. Los, los dones de Dios son plurales. Imagine if all of us in here had the same exact gift. This would be a very boring church. If everybody had to stand up and preach tonight, we'd be here forever. Imagínense que todos los que están en la iglesia hoy tienen el mismo don. Qué aburrido sería. Pero cada uno tiene una diversidad de dones. There's a diversity of gifts within the body of Christ as well as within the individual believer. Hay una diversidad de dones dentro del cuerpo del Señor y aún dentro de eh, la vida de cada creyente. You have been given gifts. Not just a gift, but gifts. A usted se le ha dado dones. And these gifts are plural. Estos dones son plurales. Hay muchos de ellos. And so uh, the word gifts there is actually in the, in the Greek the word charisma. La palabra don en el griego es la palabra carisma. You guys recognize the word charisma? It's the, it's the word that we use when we say that guy is very charismatic. That lady is very charismatic. Cuando decimos esa persona es muy carismático, it's really the word charisma means a gift of grace. La palabra carisma es la palabra que significa un don de gracia. The gifts of God that are on your life are on your life as an act of God's grace. Los dones de Dios que están en tu vida son un acto de la gracia de Dios. That means that you did not deserve them, we did not deserve them, but he gave them to us as a gift of grace. Él, él nos dio un don de gracia, no lo merecíamos, pero él nos lo dio por gracia. You cannot earn the gifts of God. Usted no puede merecer los dones de Dios. If you could earn them, we wouldn't be able to call them gifts. Si usted lo puede merecer, no le podemos llamar un don. When you go to work every week and they give you a paycheck, your boss doesn't say, here's your gift, right? You say, excuse me, that's not my gift, that's my paycheck. Well, the gifts are not a paycheck. You didn't earn them, you didn't deserve them, and uh, you cannot... You cannot do anything to purchase them. They are a gift of grace. Los dones no son algo que usted merece como un pago, sino que son un acto de la gracia de Dios. And sometimes it's frustrating, I'll be honest, because I see people with some gifts, and they don't deserve them from my pers perspective. Uh, a veces yo veo personas con un don y no lo merecen. They don't pray half as much as I know other people pray. And they have these gifts. They're just blowing things up. And I wonder, how is it that uh, that gift is on their life? Because Isaac wasn't distributing gifts. God was distributing the gifts. And God gave gifts according to his grace. Dios dio los dones de acuerdo a su gracia. Now here's what I want you to see. This grace flows two ways when you have a gift. Cuando usted tiene un don... Esta gracia fluye de dos maneras. Number one, it's God giving grace to you. Cuando uh, primero vemos que es la gracia de Dios hacia mí. Yo recibí algo que no merecí. Eso es gracia. I have received something I did not deserve. That's grace. But now when you begin to function in your gift, now it becomes a grace to somebody else. Cuando usted comienza a funcionar en su don, ahora el don se convierte en gracia para el que lo recibe. Say amen. So when you and I see someone operating in their gift, I'll give an example. Someone comes to town who has a prophetic gift. They start prophesying. They speak a word over your life. That word becomes grace to you, right? Cuando alguien viene y tiene el don de profecía y ese don viene y habla tu vida, ahora se convierte en gracia 
hacia el que lo recibe. When I preach, hopefully, my prayer is that as I preach, the grace of God is being communicated to your life. And by the time you leave here, you're going to have heard something that you needed to hear to go through the next couple of days of your life. And if that's happening, that is a work of God's grace. Cuando yo predico, yo pido, Señor, haz que yo pueda decir algo que para cuando yo termine, cada persona en ese servicio haya escuchado la palabra de Dios para su vida y si eso ocurre, eso es gracia para mí. Have you ever received grace through someone else's gift? ¿Cuántos han recibido el don de alguien más? Now here's what I want you to ask yourself. How many people are waiting for your gift to be activated? ¿Cuántas personas están esperando tu don? You see, because when you begin to function in the gift God gave you, it will bless somebody else. And if you don't function in it, that blessing is withheld. Si usted no funciona en el don que Dios le ha dado, ese don se estanca y no bendice a nadie más. And this is what happens. A lot of times we get so caught up in what is going on with us that we don't function in our gift toward anybody else. Muchas veces nos preocupamos tanto por lo que yo estoy pasando que se me olvida funcionar en el don que Dios me dio para alguien más. Has that ever happened to you? And what would happen if Sunday morning I, I got up and said, you know what, I'm depressed this morning. I, I, I'm sad. I'm not even going to go to church. We'll just let somebody else preach. And there would be all these people in here waiting for the gift to be activated. Or what if I just stood in the pulpit and said, I'm sorry, guys, I did not get anything from the Lord this week. I just wasn't feeling it. Well, you see, you're doing the same thing when you sit on what God has given you. Usted hace lo mismo cuando no funciona en el don que Dios le ha dado. Usted estanca la bendición que Dios tiene para alguien más. This is how God operates. God loves to bless people through people. Dios bendice a la gente a través de la gente. You are a conduit for the blessing of God to somebody else's life. And, and when you uh, become selfish and only think about yourself, nobody else gets blessed out of your life. Instead, all you're doing is taking and taking and taking and taking and taking. Si usted todo lo que hace es recibir, 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 nunca bendice, nunca da, se estanca la bendición que Dios tiene para alguien más. I need you to say amen tonight. I know that's hard to hear, but if, if you want uh, to live in the fullness of what God designed for your life, you've got to activate your gifts even when you don't feel like it. Don't say amen. You know, one time I was at home. It was past 10 o'clock. I get a phone call, and they say, Pastor Isaac, um, my wife is demon-possessed. Can you pray for her? You think I felt like praying for a demon-possessed person right at that moment? But you see, my feelings don't have anything to do with my gifts. And if you will set your feelings aside and say, I have an unction to function, and you get in the Spirit, the Spirit of God will produce grace to you and grace to them. Si usted decide, yo tengo unción para funcionar, aunque no lo sienta, aunque no esté, aunque esté cansado, aunque esté fatigado, yo quiero ver que la gracia de Dios fluya, entonces ahí fluye el río de la unción del Espíritu de Dios. All right, I want to give you five truths about uh, gifts. Quiero darle cinco verdades sobre los dones. How many of you have a gift? How many of you are functioning? All right, keep functioning. If God gives you a word of knowledge, you don't need a microphone to deliver it. Amen. If God gives you a message, you don't have to be in the pulpit to deliver it. Sometimes I'll be walking around, I'll be walking around with a sermon and wondering, all right, I'm going to preach this uh, on, a, on an upcoming Sunday morning. And then I'll be talking to somebody and the Lord says, give them that sermon. I said, no, Lord, that is for a much larger crowd. If I preach it, it'll lose its power. 
He said, no, you preach it now. That's who it's for. So when God gives you something, use it. Cuando Dios te da algo, úsalo. Okay, number one. Uh, here's the first truth. Every believer has a gift. Número uno, cada creyente tiene un don. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 11 says, But one and the same Spirit works all things, distributing to each one individually just as he wills. It says he distributes to each one. How? Individually. So every believer has a gift. Cada creyente tiene un don. But I told you, the gifts are plural, right? So not every believer has the same gifts. No todos los creyentes tienen el mismo don, pero cada creyente tiene un don. And uh, if you uh, start thinking about, you know, what uh, often we get distracted because we want the gifts that somebody else has. A ver, queremos el don de alguien más. Y, y no funcionamos en el nuestro. We don't operate in our gift because we're worried about having somebody else's gift. Okay, not everybody was called to be uh, R.W. Shambach or Benny Hinn or um, A. Allen or Billy Graham or Oral Roberts. There are diversity of gifts and each individual has received the gifts needed to do the will of God and fulfill the purpose of God for their life. Listen, when God made you, he did not leave out any gift that you would need to do the purpose of God for your life. Cuando Dios te hizo a ti, no te hizo faltando ningún don. Cuando fue a la fábrica y te hizo, no dejó fuera ni un don. And what does that mean? That means when you get to a place in life where you need something in order to accomplish the will of God, if you look deep within, you will find that God already put it in there for you to draw it out and manifest it for the glory of God. Say, I have a gift. All right. Number two, the gifts are given for the common good. Número dos, los dones son dados para el bien de todos. They're given for the building up of the body of Christ. Los dones son dados para edificar el cuerpo de Jesús. Your gifts are not for private benefit. Tus dones no son para a beneficio propio. The Lord does not give someone the gift of word of knowledge so they can sit there and say, Oh, I thought that about her. Oh, I, was, I suspected that about him. No, he doesn't give you the gift for private and benefit or private use he gives you the gift so that it can be a building block for the body of Christ Dios te da el don a ti para que seas un beneficio para el cuerpo del Señor Jesucristo and so a lot of times if somebody wants attention they they uh, they'll try to use their gift to draw attention and it doesn't flow that way muchas veces personas quieren usar su don para atraer la atención y no fluye la unción de esa manera porque no se es dado para el beneficio propio. First Corinthians 12:7 says each one is given the manifestation of the spirit for the common good. Dice a uh, Primera de Corintios capítulo 12 verso 7 que la manifestación del espíritu se dio para el bien de todos. For the good of the whole body of Christ. Number 3 the gifts of God are permanent. Número tres. Los dones de Dios son permanentes. Now this one's a little hard for us to, to uh, agree with sometimes. Quizá esto sea un poco difícil para uh, asesorar. I want you to think about this. When God gives you a gift, He has given it to you. Cuando Dios da un don, Él te lo ha dado a ti. What happens if a gifted person goes into sin? Do they lose the gift? ¿Qué pasa si una persona comienza a se va al pecado, perderá el don? No. Pierde quizá el fruto del don, pero el don mismo ahí es de ellos. The gift remains. They may use, they may lose the ability to function and be fruitful in that gift. But the gift of God, nevertheless, is there. And if they will repent, 
they will have that gift operating in their life. Si ellos se arrepienten, ese don va a estar operando en su vida. So let me just clear, clear the air for you. If you have sinned against God in your past, and you think, you know, I have missed God, I've missed my opportunity, there was a gift on my life, but I have, I have ruined it, I want to tell you what the Bible says. The Bible says in Romans chapter 11, verse 29, that the gifts and calling of God are irrevocable. Dice uh, Romanos capítulo 11, verso 29, que los dones y el llamado de Dios es irrevocable. Irrevocable. He's talking there about the nation of Israel. Ahí el Señor está hablando de la nación de Israel. Y él dice, Israel rechazó a Jesús, pero aún son llamados. Y aún tienen don de Dios. Y cuando se, ellos se arrepientan, el mundo va a recibir gracia. He says about Israel, Israel rejected the Messiah. Wouldn't you say that's about enough to lose your gift? Well, he says the gift of God and the calling of God is irrevocable. Israel remains God's chosen people and the gift of God remains on their life. And when they repent and come to Christ, they will be an extraordinary source of grace to the world. Now apply that to your life. God says, my gift is yours. I have not changed my mind concerning you. Dios dice, mi don es tuyo. Yo no he cambiado mi mente sobre ti. Lo que yo decidí hacer en tu vida, yo sigo determinado a hacerlo. What I have decided and discerned to do in your life, I'm going to do. I have not changed my mind. So if you're living in sin, if you're off or dis, uh, uh, distracted from your gift, just come back, repent, make it right with God, and watch God do the work of restoring in your life all that time you wasted when your gift was out of service for the kingdom of God. Somebody say amen tonight. Is that good news or what? All right, number four, the believer is expected to use his gift. Número cuatro, el creyente se le espera que use su don. Say this with me. God expects more from me. Dios espera más de mí. God expects you to use your gift. Dios espera que tú uses tu don. Look at what the scripture says here in 1 Peter chapter 4. Verse 10, Primera de Pedro, capítulo 4, verso 10. It says, as each one has received a special gift. Who has received a special gift? Each one. Employ it in serving one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. There you see again that these gifts have been given to everyone. And then what does he say we should do with the gift? What's the word? Employ it. Dice, si usted ha recibido el don, úselo. You have to employ the gift. Usted tiene que usar el don que Dios le ha dado. You have to exercise the gift. Tiene que ejercer el don que de Dios que hay en su vida. Does God expect you to employ your gift? Yes, he does. ¿Será que Dios espera que usted ejerce su don? Absolutamente sí. In Matthew 25, verse 14, Jesus tells a story of a very wealthy man. In Mateo 25, 14, Jesús da la historia de un hombre muy rico. And the wealthy man called three of his servants. El hombre llamó a tres de sus siervos. Y a uno le dio cinco talentos. Al otro le dio... Tres talentos, y, o dos talentos, y al otro le dio uno. He gave the first man how many? Five talents. Second man, two. Third man, one. All right. He was gone for a long time. Se fue por mucho tiempo. Pero regresó. But he came back. Notice that he never told them, go and double this. He never told them that. Nunca les dijo, quiero que doblen esto. But he did expect it, didn't he? Pero sí lo esperaba. 
Because when he came back, they reported to him, and the one who had five gave him ten. And the one who had two gave him four. And the one who had one said, Master, I know that you are such a hard man and that you reap where you did not even sow. And so I was afraid, and I went and I hid the gift that you gave me. I did not function in the unction that you gave me. I, I buried it in the sand, and I brought it back to you. He expected a participation ribbon. El tercero trajo el don de regreso y le dijo, Maestro, Tú me diste este don, pero yo sabía que tú cosechas donde no sembraste y me dio miedo, entonces yo ya escondí el don, pero aquí te lo traje de nuevo. And the answer, the response is so amazing. La respuesta es admirable, se enojó. The man became angry and he said, you wicked, unprofitable slave. I don't ever want to hear Jesus say that to me. Dijo, ah, eres un siervo sin provecho. And he cast him into outer darkness. Lo mandó a las tinieblas. Why? Because he expected something from him. Esperaba algo de él. Can God expect a return on his investment for your life this year? ¿Podrá Dios esperar un regreso en, el en la inversión que Él está haciendo en tu vida este año? Go please to 2 Peter. We'll all go here together. 2 Peter chapter 1. Vamos a 2 de Pedro capítulo 1, verso 5 al 8. 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 5 through 8. Let's, let's start at verse 3. Vamos a comenzar con el verso 3. Segunda de Pedro, capítulo 1, verso 3. 2 Peter is in your New Testament. And uh, go ahead and go there. I don't want you to have to fake it. Just uh, go ahead and find it. Because uh, I want you to mark some things in there. Uh, es un poco difícil de hallar, pero se está en el Nuevo Testamento. Did you find it? Somebody found it? All right. Verse, uh, you know, let's start at verse 2. Verso 2, grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus Christ our Lord, seeing that his divine power has granted to us everything pertaining to life and godliness. Let me pause right there. What was that word? He has given us what? Everything pertaining to life and godliness. That means that nothing that you need to live a godly life was left out. Say amen, somebody. Nada de lo que Dios requiere de ti para que tú vivas una vida santa está fuera. Él ya lo dio. Dio todo lo necesario para la vida y la santidad. Through the true knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and excellence. For by these he has granted to us his precious and magnificent promises so that by them you may become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world by lust. Now here's what we're emphasizing. For now for this very reason also, applying all diligence. Now he's going to list several things that you and I need to do. And the first word he says there is apply diligence. So underline that. Ahí dice, aplica la diligencia. If you're going to be profitable to God in the use of your gift, you're going to have to apply diligence. Si usted va a ser provechoso para Dios, tiene que aplicarse. Tell your neighbor, apply yourself. Isn't that a strange phrase? Apply yourself. Tell them again. I think they liked it. They needed it. Dígale a su vecino, aplícate. Esa, esa frase es interesante. That phrase is important, is interesting. Because what are we saying? If I say, apply yourself. 
The child's trying to do their homework, and you say, apply yourself. What are you telling them? You're telling them what's, what's needed to answer that question is in you. La palabra aplícate implica que dentro de ti hay lo necesario para responder al, al, al problema. So, if you want to see a profitable year, you're going to have to apply yourself. If you didn't have a profitable year last year, it's because you did not apply yourself. Diligently. Aplícate con diligencia. You know what diligence means? It means you have a plan, you have a strategy, you've studied it, you've researched it. You're going to go out and apply what you have learned. Usted cuando oye la palabra diligencia, está hablando de la estrategia, de la estructura. Usted ha estudiado esto y va a ir a aplicar lo que usted ha aprendido. If, if you feel God's calling you to start a business, what's the first thing you need to do? Apply yourself to diligence. Go and learn some things. You know, we live in the age of Google. There's nothing we cannot learn if we will apply ourselves. Vivimos en la edad de Google. Yo le llamo al hermano Google porque el hermano Google sabe todo. No hay, no hay necesidad de no poder aprender en estos días porque todo lo que usted necesita aprender, ahí está. Si quiere saber planchar una camisa, el hermano Google le enseña. You want to know how to iron a shirt? Hermano Google will tell you. It's not brother Google, it's hermano Google. Just so you know. But you have to apply yourself. Tiene que aplicarse. And so... Let me just say this to the, to the uh, 50 and older crowd. If you don't know how to use Google, apply yourself. <laughs> si usted no sabe usar Google, aplíquese. ¿Por qué? Porque usted va a tener una ventaja increíble. If you will learn how to use the Internet, you're going to have an incredible advantage. Right? What else can you apply yourself to? Apply yourself to the study of God's word. Aplícate con diligencia a la palabra de Dios. If God's calling you to start a business, see what God says about business. Find out what does God say about this. ¿Qué es lo que Dios dice sobre esto? Si Dios me está llamando a comenzar un negocio, ¿qué dice Dios? ¿Cuál es la, la, el precepto de Dios? Uh, and when you and I do that, then he says, and in your faith supply moral excellence. Luego dice, uh, suple en tu fe excelencia moral. Now that's a very important one there. He says, supply moral excellence. Dice, suple o aplica la excelencia moral. I said it last week, I'm going to say it again. The church of Jesus Christ. Kingsway Church, we ought to be the best, most upstanding citizens in the city of Beeville. I'm gonna, I think I deserve a better amen than that. We ought to be the best, most upstanding citizens in the city of Beeville. It should be that when someone hires a Christian... They don't worry about whether they're going to show up on time, whether they're going to do their job, whether they're going to waste time on Facebook, at work. They should know that when they hire a Christian, they hired someone with moral excellence. Because you and I represent Christ. Debe ser cuando alguien ocupa un cristiano que saben que va a llegar a tiempo, va a hacer su trabajo, no va a perder el tiempo, va a hacer el trabajo bien porque tiene excelencia moral. You cannot use grace as an excuse for not having excellence in your behavior. No podemos usar la gracia como excusa para no tener excelencia en nuestro comportamiento. Come on, church. This is very real. Esto es muy real. When someone goes into a contract with you, they ought to be able to know that your word is your bond 
whether you put it on paper or not. Si alguien entra a un contrato con usted, debe saber que su palabra es buena. Usted va a hacer lo que dijo. Y que no le va a hallar picos para ver cómo, cómo logra uh, una ventaja. No, usted tiene que tener excelencia moral. He says, uh, supply moral excellence. Where does this moral excellence comes from? come from? ¿De dónde viene esta excelencia moral? It comes from the Spirit of God that dwells on the inside of you. Viene del Espíritu de Dios que mora dentro de ti. You think the Holy Spirit is morally excellent? Yeah, his name is Holy Spirit. El Espíritu Santo es excelencia moral. Espíritu Santo. It's getting quiet in here, but I don't mind. Can we go on? Please go on, Pastor. Go on. Time's flying. And then he says, apply moral excellence, knowledge, and in your knowledge, self-control. Now, he says, apply yourself to know the word of God, to know the voice of God. Apply yourself to know the things that you want to excel in in your life. Aplícate a saber las cosas que quieres tener uh, o tienes que tener éxito en tu vida. If you want to have excellence in your life, you're going to have to know some things. And I applaud you tonight because you come to Bible study and every night you're given, every Bible study you're given an opportunity to get to know more about the Word of God and now you have to apply what you know. Tienes que aplicar lo que sabes. And, and I'll just say this, if you want, if you want healthy emotional or if you want healthy uh, relationships, guess what, you're going to have to get to know the people in that relationship. Say amen somebody. Get to know your wife. Get to know your husband. Get to know your kids. You ought to know who they're talking to on the phone. Who they're texting. What are they Googling? Usted debe saber bien. Llegue a conocer a su esposa. Conozca a su esposo. Conozca a sus hijos. ¿Qué es lo que están haciendo en el teléfono? ¿Con quién están hablando? ¿A qué se están metiendo al internet? Hay que saber porque si usted sabe, usted va a tener una ventaja. If you know, you're going to have an advantage. I said, if you know, you're going to have an advantage. Si usted sabe, va a tener una ventaja. Someone said that ignorance is bliss. It's also very dangerous. La, la ignorancia es un gusto, no sé nada, no, no pasa nada, pero también es peligroso no saber lo que está pasando en tu propia casa. It's dangerous not to know what's happening in your own house. Get to know. If you're going to study anything, study the people God's put in your life. Estudia las personas que Dios ha puesto en tu vida and then go out and win them over because of what you know. Love them based on what you know. Amalos con, con lo que usted sabe de ellos. If you learn how to talk to your kids, if you learn how to speak to your wife, to your husband, you learn how to speak to the people in your life, you use that knowledge to build them up, to strengthen them, to encourage them, you're going to have an advantage over a whole lot of the world that is going through ignorantly, day by day, just letting life happen to them. How many, how many years before the next quinceañera? You should know that. If you're going to have a daughter who's going to have a quinceañera, you don't want to wake up one Saturday and say, your 15th is next week. <laughs> how many years till they graduate from high school? It amazes me how we're scrambling for to pay for college when they're their senior year. Like we didn't know that 12 years from kindergarten, they were going to be graduating and going off to college. I didn't know that. So often we're asking God for a miracle that he would have given us the wisdom to be the miracle of. If we would have known what we were up against and planned for it. 
Is this too heavy? Do you want to be profitable this year? Then get to know what God has put in your life. Conozca las cosas que Dios ha puesto en su vida. Haga una inventoria de lo que usted va a esperar en los años que vienen y prepárese. Y ese conocimiento le va a ayudar a tener una ventaja en su vida. And then he says self-control. This deals again with moral excellence. La, el dominio propio que hemos hablado de la excelencia moral. And then he says, what's the next one? Perseverance. You add to your moral excellence, to your diligence, moral excellence, to your moral excellence, you add knowledge. To your knowledge, you add self-control. To your self-control, you add perseverance. You add endurance. Listen, guys, a lot of, a lot of us are in a world of debt because we do not know how to show self-control and perseverance. So quiet in here tonight. Muchos de nosotros estamos en deuda porque no tenemos perseverancia y dominio propio. I have to have that big screen TV before the Cowboys go to the playoffs. And it's 90 days, same as cash. Never mind that it doesn't fit in my living room, but... Boy, I'm going to be able to see that, that game. And then you have debt in your life because you could not wait for it. And then the Cowboys lost. But you know what? When you you know how it feels when you save up when you save up that money and you can walk in there and buy it cash and there ain't no paper on that thing. That's a good feeling. But you have to show self-control and perseverance. I'm not going to have it this year, but I'm going to have it in five. You know, we overestimate what we can do in a day. And we underestimate what we can do in 10 years. We try to do everything in a day. And we don't plan for the long haul. Muchas veces subestimamos lo que podemos hacer en un día. Lo que podemos hacer en 10 años. Y sobreestimamos lo que podemos lograr en un día. Y se pasa el día y no logramos nada. Y no hicimos planes para los 10 años. Pero si Dios es una estrategia, God is a strategist. Come on, somebody. God is a strategist. And if we will get on tune with him and say, God, what is your strategy for my family, for my children uh, going to college, for our, for our uh, life, then you can get the knowledge you need and with perseverance and self-control, you can achieve the things that God wants to place into your life. And then he says, and add to your perseverance Godliness. I talked last week about being godly. You ought to be the godliest people. I don't mean you walk around town like this, hovering. Ser una persona santa no significa que usted camina por la ciudad muy santo. No me toques, estoy ayunando hoy. Don't touch me, I'm fasting today. This is day 14, okay? Don't touch me right now. No, it means that you live the character of Christ. Significa que usted vive el carácter de Jesús. The next one, and to your godliness, brotherly kindness. And to your brotherly kindness, love. And if these qualities, listen, if these qualities are yours and are what? Are what? Increasing. Si estas cualidades son nuestras y van creciendo, if these qualities are yours and are increasing, what happens? They render you neither useless nor unfruitful in the true knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. 
If these qualities are increasing in your life, you will be profitable. Si estas cualidades están en tu vida, vas a ser provechoso. So you and I have to apply ourselves. Tenemos que aplicarnos a esto. Right, in closing, number five. Número cinco. The gifts need to be discovered and perfected. Los dones tienen que ser descubiertos y perfeccionados. Some of you have gifts in your life you have yet to discover. Muchos tienen dones que aún no han descubierto. You have to discover those gifts and perfect them. Hay que perfeccionar esos dones. What do I mean? How can you possibly perfect it? Well, you, you're going to have to practice your gift. Vas a tener que practicar, ensayar el don que Dios te dio. I started preaching uh, before I was seven, my first sermon in the church at seven. But I have been practicing my gift ever since. And I, I have hope that I have not yet preached my best sermon. I want to grow and become better and better. I have to practice and continually discover that there are things in my life I didn't know that God had put in there. Hay dones en tu vida que aún no has descubierto, pero ahí están. Y si usted comienza a ponerse en un lugar donde Dios lo use, donde Dios lo pueda usar, if you put yourself in a place where God can use your gifts, he will help you discover that this is a gift that I've placed in your life. And listen, there is nothing in the world like knowing your gift and being able to exercise it. No hay nada en el mundo como conocer tu don y poder ejercerlo. You'll be like the uh, kicker on the football field. He doesn't come out all the time. But when it's his turn, there's only one person in that team that can do it like him. God has put that kind of gift in you. The kind of gift that there's nobody else in the world that can do like you can do it. You have to apply yourself to discover that gift. That means when we say we need volunteers for the media ministry, you sign up. And if it turns out you're no good at media, we'll tell you. And you don't get offended about it. You just say, I'm, I'm discovering right now. I'm in a discovering phase in my life. If we put you as an usher and it turns out you're cranky and rude and we say, look, you're not, you're not a good usher. Don't get upset about it. Just say, okay, I'm discovering things in my life. It could be that you belong in the back counting or something. Give yourself the, the freedom to discover what has God put in my life. And if it turns out you cannot sing, you cannot sing, okay? It's okay. But pastor, I want to sing. I know. And that's why we have congregational singing. So that you can make a joyful noise unto the Lord. But it may not be your best and highest use of the gifts of God in your life. I know you guys are always asking me to produce an album, but it's not going to happen. Just... <laughs> That's not the highest use of my life. You've got to figure out what are the gifts God's given me and how can I use them? Because when I start using them, it's going to bless somebody else. And I was created to be a blessing. Would you stand with me tonight? Vamos a ponernos en pie esta noche. Praise the Lord. Father, I thank you tonight because within this room, are all the giftings needed to accomplish the will of God as Kingsway Church in 2017. This year, you said, would be a year of activation. And you are activating people who have been dormant. And I know tonight many of them have not been dormant by choice, but they have been dormant because of troubles and circumstances that have come into their life. They have been dormant because they have faced circumstances they didn't expect. I pray tonight that you would help them to rise higher 
and to see that when they apply themselves to blessing somebody else, that you will take care of their house and that you will do in them what needs doing. 